Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It's complex. Providing young people with the knowledge, the tools they need to stay safe on the road. Go down to your child's school and teachers have tattoos and piercings in the bank. Anywhere you go. Restaurants are not making vast profits. We pay our suppliers, staff, and we pay our bills. And there's very little left out of that. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 Email opinion at 96FM. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Did I hear that right in the news? They're doing a census tonight of all the horses in the country. But they want horses, you can understand. Donkeys, you can understand. Ponies, you can understand. By the way, does anyone know the... um, the difference between a donkey and a pony. I know, I know, complete Egypt me. But they're also counting zebras. Ze- what, what is them? Four, I'd say? A couple of Dublin Zoo and a couple in Photo Wildlife Park. Maybe the circus. Maybe one or two of the circuses have a zebra. They're counting the zebra. All the- now, <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask this because no matter how bizarre and strange the question you ask on this program of any given morning of the week or the year or the month you'll get an answer does anybody have a pet zebra? I I very much doubt that they do but they're doing a census tonight of all the horses and donkeys and ponies and mules I assume Um, but zebras are included I must get that story off, off more red zebras are included does anybody actually have a pet zebra? Is there anybody listening to me this morning across the vast swathes, particularly of West Cork or East Cork, who has a pet zebra and will be filling in a census form tonight for their zebra? <laughs> I'm almost afraid to even ask it of the answer we're going to get. Probably not. I don't expect to find a zebra. The things we start with Thursday morning. Look out. Isn't it beautiful? It's gorgeous. It's cold. And it's going to get colder. And there's a a yellow ice warning in place uh, from today and tomorrow. And the cold weather will hold into the weekend. Into early next week, looks like it'll get slightly milder again. That old horrible damp rain is expected to be with us Monday or Tuesday. But for now, we've got some lovely, tomorrow's 1st of December, 1st of winter. Some lovely, crisp, bright, wintry weather, which is lovely to see. 0818 96 96 96 the number text to whatsapp is 083 396 96 96 email opinion at 96fm.ie I'll give you the password a little bit later for today's game of the 10k toy giveaway we'll do it after 11 I'll give you the passport in a while I went out to Ballincollig in the summer of 2022 to meet the Walsh family and they became friends of the show and it's fair to say friends of mine too on, on a level. I went to meet Jim and Mary and Sandra. Jim at that stage, Sandra had reached out to us in desperation. She said to us, and I remember her email from back then, her dad had advanced dementia, poor mobility, non-verbal, but besides that he was very healthy, fully engaged in family life, Loved getting out for coffee and cake. Loved minding his garden. And was always smiling and laughing. Sandra and her mom were caring for Jim full time at home. And they wanted to continue doing so. They used to have, and this is the summer of 22. They used to have 
two carers coming three times daily, seven days, and then it all fell away. And they did nothing. They were finding it very physically difficult. They'd lost their services about a month before they reached out to us. And by the time I met them, they were physically and mentally exhausted. Sandra had been to politicians. She'd been to the HSE. But nobody seemed to be listening. And she felt that her family wasn't anybody's priority and that they'd no option but to go public. And on receipt of that message, I went down. Sometimes I'll go outside the bounds of 96FM and I'll go and meet somebody. And I went down and I met Jim and Mary and Sandra and we had tea and we had a chat and it was a beautiful summer's afternoon that I went down there and Jim was out in the garden while Sandra was tending his pots and what? And he, she said to me, he's watching me now to make sure I don't make any mistakes. And Jim... Jim wasn't talking. Jim was non-verbal at that stage and didn't have a whole pile of movement, although he shook my hand and looked into my eyes and we made that connection man to man, eye to eye. And you know you're in the presence of someone lovely, someone really, really lovely. And I did a long interview uh, with Sandra. Mary wasn't... Mary wasn't inclined to take part. She was... Chelsea'd get upset and that's understandable. But they needed help and they were reaching out to us to see could they get some help for Jim and you know what they did they did and and it worked out and we talked a couple of times after that when there would be a hold up in the provision of service or there'd be a glitch and Jim wouldn't get the care that he needed for a day or a week or whatever and Sandra would always reach out and say, can we get this going? Can we get this going? Because there's no shortage of money to, to pay for this. There's, uh, the problem was getting the people in to do it. And people got involved politically, like Colin Burke, who spoke to the family quite a lot and did his best to be fair to him. And then about a week and a half ago, I received the news that my pal Jim had passed away. He died peacefully in the early hours of a morning with his beloved Sandra and Mary by his side, holding his hand and uh, he opened his eyes and a little tear went down the side of his face and they said, go on, go on Jim, off you go. And Sandra said she would look after Mary like they'd look after him. And that was just a lovely family, just a beautiful, beautiful family. Um, Sandra's on the phone. Uh, How are you doing, Sandra? Morning. Good morning, PJ. We're okay. Yeah. is the only way I can put it. I can't say we're flying. I can't say we're down in the dumps either. We're just getting on. The hard part is the evenings. We have this massive big hole in the evenings where the evenings are now long. They're sad. They're lonely. They're bordering on creepy because you're going to bed and you're not running in to make sure is he okay and we're not getting up in the middle of the night to see is he okay and checking him breathing and everything and checking do we need to put the head of the bed up a little bit more if his breathing was sort of very heavy or anything. The the evenings are hard, but everything we do, there's a memory of dad. And I literally mean everything because he would sit at the table with us and eat alongside mom and myself every day. Mom and I are getting used to what hot meals are again. And it wasn't that we used to eat cold meals per se, but everything like at dinner time, Mom would feed him until we one spoon for Jim, one spoon for Mary, me feeding him in the evenings. 
or more often than not, I would just leave my own there and feed him continuously. And then when I'd be finished with dad, I'd eat my own. Then we'd go through the whole medication routine, crushing them into fine powder, into yogurt, give it to him, make sure he has a, a sufficient amount of fluids for his carers would come by night to put him to bed. And we were very lucky. Dad never lost his swallow. I just can't describe how blessed we are with that. I, I get it because I remember when I came out to meet him, I remember remarking at the time, he knows what I'm saying. And I remember talking to him and his eyes focusing directly on me. That presence was there right to the end, was it, Sandra? That presence was there up to two weeks before Dad departed. Um, he would always engage with you. He would engage with mom. He would engage with me. There were no words, yeah. but he didn't need words to communicate. Um, he engaged really well the last 12 months, well, the last sort of eight or nine months. We had full-time care, but the last 12 months we had partial care for him. And those carers were amazing. We had a steady team. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a case of changing faces every day. The people we had the last 12 months of Dad's life, every one of them are angels. In the last couple of weeks, it was like as if it was their own newborn baby that they were looking after. But he could see that in them because Dad, even when he couldn't talk, was able to tell a person. He was always good at that all his life. But we always knew whether a person was good, bad or indifferent by the way he would engage with them. He would take to you if he knew you were a good person, a kind person. But he would just sit there in stony silence if it was a carer he didn't like. It it fills my heart, Sandra, when you tell me that he had such great care in the last year or so of his life because, to recall for listeners, it was because of the lack of care and the inability to source care that you came to us in the first place and I came to meet you. So I'm so delighted with that. Yes, and I can't say that he played a small part in getting care for us. I think he played a large part. And my heart bleeds when I know there are families in similar situations. But in fairness, the HSE came up trumps in his last week because I rang, I went straight to the top. I rang the boss of the home support office and I said, look, situation is, we know dad is end of life. We know he has increased care needs. We don't know if he will ever get out of the bed again. Of course, Jim, being the Lazarus that he was, did get out of the bed the following day for a few <laughs> hours into his wheelchair. He was defied all logic. But we needed the assistance. And in fairness, we got four calls a day well, that was to great. cover that. It was the right thing to do. But I wasn't even questioned because I basically rang and I told them what I needed. I didn't ask because <laughs> I can be very bold like that. I told them I had already done my homework and I knew that one of the agencies that were doing the job for us on behalf of the HSE had the capacity to do it. So I basically said, ring this number and give the green light. Or says you, you know who will ring next. Well, I would have if I, I had to. <laughs> I know yeah. you would. I know you would. How's mom? Mom, she's 
going around saying she never thought she'd be a widow, even though she did know it. But knowing it and thinking it are different things. And she's she's upset, but she's coping. Like, we are grieving. Like, what the thing that has amazed me is we were very lucky. My dad, as I've told you before, was a very intelligent man. And he literally had everything sorted out. Mm-hmm. He had his will sorted. Everything was in joint names with mom, all the rest. But the part that has got me that despite probably being the most simple, straightforward estate to resolve, there's so much work involved in it in reality. And, you know, you're onto banks, you're onto insurance companies, even simple things like getting a name on a bill changed is complicated in this day and age. And you're met with GDPR and you're like, no, you can't speak to the person unless you can rise them from the dead and resurrect their ashes. If I get asked, could I speak to James once more? I would probably go down the telephone line and throttle the person myself. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing, isn't it? You, you're calling them because the person has passed away. You're changing the paperwork because the person has passed away. And still, they ask to speak to him. In many cases, it's a fact the way Dad had things done that, say, the ESB bill hmm. would have been in joint names. So you're ringing them to say, look, the person is now deceased. You keep the account. You just take the name off of it. Yeah. Because I don't want mom to be getting bills in 12 months or two years or 10 years time with dad's name still on them. And the palaver you get. I know. And I think part of the problem is everything is centralized in call centers these days. They're trained to follow a system and a routine. So they've set lists of questions in front of them. And they're not allowed to basically stray away from those questions. Yeah, that's right. And they kind of tick. I've asked for James. Tick. He's not there. Tick. What do I do now? Hmm. Oh, GDPR. And I'm like, seriously. Just put me on to someone who can actually talk to me and understand. I'm saying that my dad has passed away. You've spoken to mom. She's the other account holder. So please just delete his name. Yeah, it's it's and it's so difficult at such a such a tough time. How are you doing yourself? You were the one who came to us first. You've been a warrior for your dad. How are you now? I feel like I'm nothing to do most days once the telephone calls and the paperwork are done in that they're keeping me very busy at the moment. Yeah. And I actually said to mom a few days ago, I actually don't think I've had time to grieve for dad. Yeah. But I'm looking into a future and I actually had to, I mentioned the last one, the last times I was on that I was doing a master's. Yes. I actually ended up having to park that because dad was in and out of hospital a lot. I parked it with the knowledge and consent of the School of Languages in UCC and I'm going back to it now in January. Okay. Um, and I'm going to finish it. Full stop. I promised Dad that on his deathbed. But I still find myself looking two, three, four weeks in advance and kind of going, what am I going to do with my time? Yeah. And even a simple thing like the other day, I went out and 
after the trees losing their leaves and the winds that had been there for a while, our driveway and garden was full of leaves. And I went out to sweep them up. And next thing I knew, I was in tears because I looked in towards our porch and there was no dad sitting there wrapped up in blankets, heating full blast in our hallway, sitting in the porch, looking out at me. Yeah. I spent more time waving into him and telling him he was a great fella and asking him, was I doing things right? than I was actually doing the gardening or sweeping up or tidying or whatever, because I had it done in, I'd say, less than half the time I would have had it done on any other occasion. But that was all the fun in it. And they're the things I miss because they were fun. They were very simple, but they were fun times. And he was just, I, I actually started calling him my Velcro daddy because he was, he was tied on to me. Yeah. He he even came to lectures in UCC. Like, uh, hello. Uh, what a guy. What a guy. Well, it was a, it was a privilege to meet him on the occasion that I did. And it's been a privilege to know you and your mom over the last couple of years. Well it's, well, it's been a privilege for us to have contact with people who cared. Look after yourselves, won't you? We will, of course, look after ourselves. And I know that there's a man upstairs with big angel wings running around with the previous doggies that we had uh, looking down and wrapping us up in his arms. And that's what he's doing. Take care, Sandra. Give my love to him, mom. Thank you, PJ. I will, of course. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. 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 You have a fantastic day. Or the best day that you can have as you grieve the loss of the wonderful, wonderful Jim. This, the, in, just in what she said there, I just made a note of it as I was going through. Why is it so hard to get paperwork changed? I'm sure she's not the first person, far from it in fact, to experience that. But I think she's the first person in a long time to express it so well. Why when you call up a utility or a provider or a bank or anyone like that to change do a simple thing like change the name on an account and and the conversation opens and I know this because you know we've had these conversations after my dad passed away you know uh, you know Mr. Coogan or in this case Jim Mr. Walsh has passed away um, and we'd like to adjust the and they go could we speak to James actually no you, you can't I mean they, that's a very upsetting conversation to have to have for anybody. And there's got to be an easier way to do it. I just thought that's one talking point that arises for me out of my chat this morning with Sandra. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Merry Christmas. With your local maze. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. Cork's 96FM wants to fill your Christmas with fun and play. The 10K Toy Giveaway is on. We're giving away loads of 500 euro toy shopping sprees for free. Free. Listen to Cork's 96FM all day long. For your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win. No Christmas. I love Christmas. Merry Christmas. Cork's 96FM's 10K Toy Giveaway. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Listen and win every day. 
can't stop winning. Only on Cork's 96FM. I've often mentioned to you on my phone, I mentioned the weather and how gorgeous a morning it is. I've often said to you on my phone, I have this fantastic app of sunrise and sunset all year round and the moon rise and the moon set all year round. And if you look at today, for example, uh, sunrise this morning was 8.17. Morning twilight was 7.38. But the moon won't go down. The moon won't be fully gone out of the sky until nearly 20 to 12 today. And Jimmy sends me a text from Passage. I'm looking out across the river towards Passage. The sun is at my back. And there on the other side of the sky is an almost full moon glistening in the glorious sunshine. It's half nine. How does it happen? It happens, Jimmy, because of the wonders of science and nature and physics and how our planet moves around. And that's an app, actually, that anybody can download. But I knew I knew the two would be visible in the sky this morning because I won't see them in here. But fantastic, Jimmy. Thanks for that. Jimmy can see the sun and the moon in the sky right now. That's fantastic. I love that. That app, if you just look it up, it's called Sunrise Sunset. Simply look up Sunrise Sunset and give it to all year round. But I digress. Thank you for that, Jimmy. <coughs> 0818 96 96 96. Let me take you back to about this time last year or earlier in November uh, last year. News had broken overnight on a Saturday stroke Sunday. I think it was a Sunday. News had broken that the butcher's block the butchers' shops were gone, just gone, like that. And they had, the staff had been, had been left go, just like that. I remember speaking with two of the staff at the time, uh, Nathan and Podge. I got a phone call at 7 o'clock in the morning that I had no work when my shift was begin, was supposed to start at 8. We all arranged to meet down up to down outside the shop to find out what was going on. Um, when I got there, I spoke to the manager and he explained to me that he got a message off one of the owners saying the shop was closed. There was no need for staff to come to work. How long were you working there, Pudge? I, I would have been working there eight years on the 1st of December. Eight years. And was there any sign of this? Not to happen as fast as it did, but we had a feeling it was going to happen maybe after Christmas, you know. There's a lot of staff there, including myself, that have young kids. I have a two and a four-year-old. There's another lad that works for me, has a one-year-old at home. There's a few dug this in the exact same boat as us, you know. So it is a bit of a shock, in fairness. We don't know where to go, to be honest, from here. Like, we don't know what to do. Literally told an hour before you're supposed to start your shift that your job is gone. My manager got on to me, and I... He, he texted me and then I went down to the butcher's block and we only had a small chat because he was it, the shop was busy that day. And then I left. Hmm. I had my bag and I just left. Did you get any kind of a severance, any kind of a package? No, I didn't. And I'm still waiting for my redundancy to come in. I'm not hearing anything off the owners or yeah. anything like that. So I'll have to take further steps. I was very upset because I had a great relationship with everyone in there. You know, every time I come into work, it was we always had a laugh. You know, I know since I was gone, I've been really separated from those people. Yeah. That was the Butcher's Block staff, two lads, Nathan and Podge. And there were other staff spoke to me that morning 
just over a year ago about the, the closure of the butcher's block shops. One of them, the Blackpool shop, is reopening this morning under the banner of O'Cruley, another very famous Cork butcher brand. Francis Tuig is the owner and managing director of O'Cruley Butchers. Good morning, Francis. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very well. Congratulations on the reopening and the best of luck with it. You moved in very quickly, didn't you? We did, PJ. I suppose we're we're very conscious of the timelines. We're probably you know four weeks from Christmas, and you know, with with I suppose in the butchering industry, Christmas is a big period. But also, um, I suppose that with in Blackpool, I suppose with the the welcome we've got in Blackpool, and a lot of people would have known. The O'Cruley brand name, I suppose, from our shops and from my Ballincollig and Wilton. Mm. You know, there, there was, you know, people were reaching out to say, when were we going to Blackpool? And I'll be honest, that was very, very encouraging. And we, initially, we, we were going to do a, not such a big a job in Blackpool, but I suppose when we got in there and we've good standards in our own shops, we did a total, we go to the shop, so we've done a total revamp. Mm-hmm. And I suppose... That's a testament to the people in 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 Blackpool and in that area and in the shopping centre. And to be fair to John, the, the manager, we, you know, it encouraged us. It gave us great confidence because, as you probably know, and from last year with the butchers block closing, butchering is probably a tough enough game at the moment. And mm-hmm. even a lot of small retailers are probably finding it hard enough. But I suppose we feel, you know, with our name and. We probably we've we're there since 1957. There's a lot of history there, and we get a lot of support. 1957. You know, that's that's when O'Cruley's was established, and wow. um, you know, I'm not I I'm, I've been with the O'Cruley Group since for 38 years. So, and we've diversified a lot, and food is our business, and meat, and I suppose we've a lot of, you know, support. I, I suppose I put an awful lot down to the people we've working for us as well, and. Um, you know, as, as, and the warm welcome we're getting, and we've opened the doors this morning at at nine o'clock, and you know, the, there's a fierce buzz around, and I suppose yeah. that that's very encouraging. I suppose very encouraging, and you know, that's and and, and I suppose the big testament is to the lads we took we took on last year. We took on a, a couple of the, the staff from the butchers block. Yeah, I was just getting to that. You you reached out to a few yeah. of them. You had some vacancies, and yes. and and you we did, and we know the butchering is a look. There's not a lot of people getting into, but those a lot of the staff there had been there. 15, 20 years, and you know, something there was, we felt, you know, as a goodwill thing, but also it's hard to get skilled staff like that, and especially in the butchering industry, because there's not a, not a lot of people going into the trade, I suppose, and that's why we felt, you know, there was a bit of sympathy for the lads, you know, we felt we, we could facilitate them, and those, those and the girls, they're, they're here today, I suppose it's great to be able to say there's, you know, three, four of those staff in Blackpool this morning, which is fantastic. So it's, some of the some of the uh, staff that were left bereft that spoke to me last November, some of them are back yeah. in Blackpool today. They are. That's and, fantastic. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, and it gives us. And, and I'd say to be fair, without those staff, uh, it works both ways. We probably, you know, the way this industry is going, we'd been in two minds about opening had we not had those staff. And so it, it look in small businesses today, an awful lot of it is about the people. And that's I I know we can say we're the best quality and all, but but quality of staff is vital. And look, there's we feel there's in you know in our business anyway. There's a, there's a I suppose there's a nice warm you know feel 
you know, with, with the staff. And I think that's the key to it, to be honest. Brilliant, you know, that's, brilliant. That's where we feel. Well, well, that's not yeah. only is it great to see you opening up, but it is even better to see you bringing back some of the original staff from that outlet because that that's a wonderful thing to do and, and fair play. Come here, a few weeks out from, from the Christmas, Francis, and you mentioned to me about the butcher trade and people finding it hard. Will you stick with... Does does the good old fashioned local butcher still win out at Christmas over the supermarket, or what's the story there? I suppose the big it, it's the one time that people do, you know, because they're feeling that Christmas dinner is a very important, you know, thing in their household, and so they go the extra, the mile, they get the expertise from the butchers. They're showed how to cook it, you know. You've your turkey, your ham, the spiced beef, and all the. You know the veg that goes with it, but and it's even the banter. But also, people have confidence in the butcher, and then that works both ways. And it's a nice, I suppose, you know, from going to a supermarket, just picking up your meat, having no conversation with the staff behind the counter. We feel in butchers, with when there's when there's passion in your team, that goes on to the customer yeah. as well. And a lot of in our shops, you know, there's a lot of them stuck in sporting organisations. You're talking about what's happening in the community. That goes beyond even the price of food or whatever. You can't value that enough. That's a community thing. That's a community thing. It's a huge thing, and that's a key of what we're about, to be honest. Well, I hope, hope, Francis, that there'll be queues out the door for the turkeys and the hams and the spiced beef over the next couple of weeks and well into the new year for other things. Uh, My congratulations to you. I know there used to be... There used to be another shop in Douglas. You've no plans for Douglas at the moment. I was asked not, to, not yes. I suppose, I'd be honest, um, PJ, the way things are going, we'd probably take one step at a time. Because, Good man. You know, in our industry, you know, you, you, you've, you're not, I suppose, conf- we've confidence, but at the same time, you have to be prudent as well and well, make sure we get Blackpool up and going first. And if anybody can make it happen, you guys can make it happen. I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't know you were 66 years in business. My goodness me. It's a long, and to be fair, I'm, I'm not all cruelies, you know, and I, I, I work close with Michal and, and Christor and his dad took took me on first day and I suppose that's all generated through the brand and everything. Look, there's there's a, there's a nice, you know, they're nice people and it, it feeds through the company as well. We have very good staff. Right. You know, we've, we've over 100 staff, which is a lot. Wow. And I suppose... There's there's a there's a, a key number of them probably most of them are over twenty five thirty years with us and that kind of says a lot as well. Doesn't it just you know, there's that that paints it in letters writ large. Francis, thank you, Francis Tuig, owner and managing director of O'Cruley Butchers, who have taken over the old Butchers Block store, they've revamped it, redeveloped it, taken it over the one at Blackpool, and not only that, this is brilliant. Some of the Blackpool staff from Butcher's Block are back there this morning working for O'Cruley's because O'Cruley's took them on at the time when they lost their jobs and they're back at their home base back in Blackpool this morning. That's that's a great story. That's a wonderful story. Great to see it. If you are a prepay power customer, you might have noticed something strange in the last while. Mary will explain it after the break. But first of all, Foot Solutions with us all this week, our friends at Foot Solutions on Grand Parade, with a 200 euro gift card every day so that you can give the gift of happy, healthy feet this Christmas. A Foot Solutions gift card. Songs about shoes and boots and all things to do with feet all week with the word left out. Need you to tell me what the word is? Get on your dancing shoes. There's one thing on your 
What word have we bleeped out of that Arctic Monkey song? God, I haven't heard that in a while. Get on your dancing shoes. There's one thing on your m- What word is left out of that song? What word have we bleeped out of the song? The word and your name, please, to 083 396 We'll run it a couple more times between now and quitting time. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. For fantastic quality and great taste guaranteed. Choose Griffin's Potatoes. Pinks and Roosters. Corks 96 FM. If this is happening in one house, it's happened in others. Mary, a problem with prepay power. What's up? Good morning. Good morning, TJ. Um, so what happened was um, we were with um, prepay power since about July of last year. One of their representatives came and knocked on our door and we said, yeah, we'd be very interested in going back to pay as you go because yeah. um, we had been on bill pay. So we said, yeah, we'll give, it, we'll give this a shot. And they came and they installed the meter and set up the app and we kind of got it all sorted through the bank and all the rest of it. And it's working at, like a dream for us. Mm-hmm. So once um, my credit was going below 10 euro, you get um, a, a text message from them saying, just it's just a friendly text message to let you know that your account is down to 9 euro and whatever. So mm-hmm. top up as soon as you can. So you... Go in then, you go onto the app and top it up from anywhere in the world that you're in. You can just hit on whatever you want, 10, 20, up to 150, 200 euro. And away you go. And then they send you an email confirming how much you've topped up, that you've topped up successfully and all the rest of it. Okay. Plus, at the end of the app, there's um, you can go into history. And when you go into that, you can go back and see the previous 20 payments that you made and all the dates that you made the payments. Yeah. So you have all of that. All very well organised, so, it seems. So very well organised, and we were very happy with it. So yesterday morning at three three minutes nine twenty seven, I got a text message and from them saying, "This is your friendly text message to let you know that your account is nine euros and two cent in credit." So I thought, right, I'll top off now in a little while. Then at about twenty minutes past twelve, I got another text message from them, and I thought, right, this looks like they've been hacked. You are in arrears. Um, of minus five hundred and sixty euros and seventy five cents. Oh dear me! You, yeah, you need to immediately top up by one hundred and seventy five euros before two p.m. today, or your account will be disconnected. Your power will be disconnected. I was like, what in the name of? Yeah. it for here. And, and, and had you <laughs> just said, topped up as you normally would? Then? I had just topped up. I put, I put on twenty euro, okay. and that was fine. And um. Next thing I got this, and I said, what? I said, they've obviously been hacked. Their, their messaging must have been hacked. I'll go into the app and take a look. And when I went into the app, there was this big massive exclamation mark in a pink triangle, um, urgent. You need to immediately top up. Um, um, your account is in arrears by 560 euros and 75 cents. You need to immediately top up by minimum 175 euros. By 2 p.m. today, or your account will be closed. So this was in their app? 
This was in their app. This was in the actual app. If it was just the messages, I was kind of sniggering at it and thinking, ah, they've been hacked. This, you know. Mm-hmm. But then when I went into the app, I got an offer. I said, what in the name of God? So of course, I went in pure panic mode. And I was like, what's, what's hell? And then, of course, trying to ring them, it took me until 25 past one when I eventually got to speak to somebody. Now, they had been threatening to cut me off by two o'clock. So I said, what's this? I said, how can I be in arrears? I, you know, I was in arrears, smart, not in arrears. I had nine euros credit at half past nine. And then you text me at 20 past 12. I said, like, have you been hacked or scammed or something? And they said, oh, no, it's just a technical hitch. Um, we're sorting it out. I said, you could have sent me a text message to say it was a technical hitch yeah. and profusely apologize. And, you know, instead of trying to give me a heart attack, I said, I can imagine there's elderly people out there, maybe pensioners who would panic and would pay the 175 euros or maybe somebody who's just filled up their freezer for all the great deals that are on at the moment. And then I was kind of thinking to myself, you know what, there's an awful lot of bonuses being paid out this week and there's top-ups for fuel allowance and then there's the €150 Euro credit coming next week from yeah, the government. Yeah, I, I can see how you might think that way, but it does seem I to I did have, think that way, I yeah. Know, and yeah. I'm kind of going, what's this about? And but, they said, look, we can assure you it's a technical hitch. So I was happy enough with that. Yeah. They said it's going to be sorted by 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock came and went and it wasn't sorted. Right. And 6 o'clock came and went and it wasn't. So I got back onto them. And at 25 past 6, I had a conversation with another guy there and he said that, um, no, it's a technical error. I said, you still haven't sent me a text message saying that. I have no correspondence from you in writing to say it's a technical error. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, it's a bit worrying. And he said, no, 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 I can absolutely assure you, he said, it's a technical error. We're fixing it. It'll be fixed by um, 12 o'clock tonight. So I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So, at oh, oh, by the way, midnight, question for you, Mary. Mm-hmm. I take it that your electricity stayed on. Oh, it did. Ah, okay. Miraculously, it stayed on. Mm-hmm. They, so they sent me another, after two o'clock yesterday, they sent me another, it was updated then on the app, you would be, pay 175 or we're switching you off at three o'clock. And then after that, it said, paid 175 or we're switching you off at two o'clock tomorrow, which is today. Now, they went, I checked on the app again last night and lo and behold, all right, at five past 12, it was gone, the, the app was gone down. So I said, okay, they're doing the maintenance and it's going to be sorted. Woke up this morning, first thing I did, checked the app. I'm still in arrears of minus 546 euros and 60 something cents. And I still have till two o'clock today to fix it or pay 175 to immediately stop the closure of it. But they have told you on the phone, it's just a glitch, ignore it. Yeah, they told me it was just a glitch. But so, your concern, um, Mary, is that for someone who wouldn't be as technically savvy as yourself or have the patience to ring them, might just have poured money into it. Absolutely, and you're only paying the 175 euro just to stop here because they're, te- they're threatening you. And I said that to the guy yesterday evening on, when I rang. I said, you're actually threatening to turn off my electricity. Oh, no, we're not, we're not. I said, you are. I said, he clearly yeah. states that if I don't pay 175 euros by 2 o'clock, that my power will be cut off. I said, that to me is a threat. You're threatening me. And I said, if there's an older, or very much more vulnerable person than myself, I said, they would probably immediately feel threatened and pay the 175 because they're terrified of being switched off. And I suppose you know, with regard to the word threat, Mary, we probably have to give them the benefit of the doubt that something is out yeah. of control there and that it's not meant to be a threat. But yeah. thanks for bringing it to our attention because I'm sure other people have got the same thing. And like you said, Someone else who mightn't be as quick or savvy as yourself or might be might panic, yeah. give them a load of money. Get into panic who and pay who do we even know? Did they even get that load of money? Like, is this a very sophisticated scam going on here? Yeah, 
Because the worry now I have is it's not sorted by next Wednesday because I had an email off from two weeks ago to say that we were going to be getting the €150 from the government no later than the 6th of December, which is next Wednesday. You won't have to do anything. It'll automatically go on your account. Well, it just automatically goes on my account and that problem isn't sorted. I've lost that €150. Here's the thing. Mary, we'll have to look into it further. We'll see if anybody else has had this experience. Thank you for your call. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Cheers, Mary. Um, very sharp and on the uptake there, but as she says herself, someone else might get caught and start dropping money into what you think is prepay power. And is it even prepay power? So has anybody else had that message or had to deal with that problem? Uh, thank you, Mary. 0818 96 96 96. 10K toy giveaway, day four. We've had some great sprees given away already and there are two more today. I will pick another qualifier between 11 and 12. You'll need a password, which I will give you between 10 and 11. You will need a password. Cork, 10.96 10K toy giveaway at your local credit union, helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Only here on Cork's 96FM. I'll give you the pass- password between 10 and 11. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Showbizzy. On Cork's 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4 p.m. for more singing voice notes. Hello. Would you mind playing Dermot Kennedy and kiss me the way? More chances for you to win amazing prizes. Correct! Congratulations! <laughs> Thanks, I can't wait. I love Curtis House. I'm delighted. <laughs> I'm laughing here and I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And all of the best music too. Join me weekdays from 4pm. The Big Drive Home. With Clonacilty Food Company. Spikeball, tacos, pizza. Clonacilty Black Pudding is the making of any meal. So go on, be a rebel. Cooks 96 FM. 96 FM. Warwick, do you know anybody has a zebra? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't I don't see any around Ballygarvin anyway, Pete. No, and I, the last, I, th- I think they have one in Fota. I don't know. Uh, probably. I know and the circus. I never thought of the circus. Emer was saying yeah. it earlier. So that would be interesting. Does anybody keep... I'm, I'm almost afraid to ask the question in case anyone keeps a pet zebra. <laughs> do you know? I mean, it, it just... And do you know, with the time of year, there's an old tune coming to mind as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember? What a tune. Hey, chingity ching. <laughs> it's Dominic the Donkey. Stop before we're all sacked. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Memo coming from downstairs. Dominic the effing donkey, PJ, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, I just still think do it. it does anybody in Cork possess a zebra 0818 number the text or whatsapp 083 396 96 96 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie couple of messages about the moon and I mentioned to you the fact we got Jimmy's message earlier on the sun and the moon this morning 
you could see them in the sky together. One was in front of you, the other was behind you. There was almost a full moon and it was beautiful. And it was around half nine and I was telling you about this app on my phone that can predict all these things for you. Philip says, did you see the halo on the moon on Tuesday night? I did, Philip. Not the first time I've seen that. That happens occasionally. It's just as it generally happens as the weather is starting to get cold. Whether it has anything to do with that, I don't know. But it did, I did see that. It was amazing to see. And John and Cove, this time of year, the moon is in the sky most of the time. But if you think back to lockdown, you could see the moon very clearly in April or May all day long because there was no pollution and fewer planes. That's true. That's true. John says, did you see the man in the moon? Because I did. No, John, I didn't see the man in the moon. But thank you. Now, we get these messages in from time to time and every single one of them is valid you know young women in particular who have a couple of kids and a job and housework and maybe elderly parents to look after and they're trying to juggle it all together and trying to keep their career on track because you know we've broken this one years ago or we've gotten into the mystery years ago of why people continue to work when they're surrounded by kids and surrounded by other things they continue to work to keep their career on track for the day when they might need to go back into the workplace. So there's no mystery in that anymore. No mystery in the fact that some of them were working for literally the price of the childcare. No mystery in that anymore. But trying to juggle everything together and uh, there was a new survey then came out that kind of confirmed what we've been hearing for so long is that, that parents and in particular women don't have the time to do homework with their kids anymore. And that's because of all the other demands on their time. Now, we're not going to get into the debate here of whether there should be homework or whether there shouldn't. You all know where I stand on that, and we've had arguments for and arguments against over the last few years. Not going to get into that. Well, people who genuinely do want to sit down and do the homework with the smallies, they just don't have the time anymore. Caroline Reedy of the HR Suite. It is a, the, the juggle is real, as they say, Caroline. Morning to you. Morning. The juggle is really real. And I think for most people, it's trying to give your full self to everything is virtually impossible because you're trying to give 100% to so many different things. It's trying to be reasonable and kind to yourself based on you're doing a good job and you're doing your best. And I think that's probably where a lot of people have to kind of, you know, pull themselves aside to say, actually, I can't do it all. I'm not Superman or Superwoman because this really is something of a challenge for both parents in in all scenarios now. It's not just one or another. It's both parents have a lot of juggling to do. And there's a thing about, you know, you've got to do everything well. You've got to be perfect at everything. We all know that you don't. But the one person you can convince that you don't is yourself. Absolutely. I think, you know, most people are their own toughest critic. They're very um, positively uh, praising somebody else for doing the exact same thing. And they're very critical of themselves. So I think it's that balance, isn't it, of kind of, you know, accepting there's so many things you can do and accepting and asking for help as well Mm. along the way. And it's also so important that there's time for people to recharge. You know, I mean, one of the most important things now when, you know, at work, particularly when there's a focus 
focus on well-being. It's very much now practical things around helping people have better top tips around how they're going to sleep better. Um, you know, it's much more around prioritization and time, etc. Because it's those practical things that really make a lot of difference because people's quality of sleep, people's, you know, mental health, people's physical health, etc. Really helping people, you know, keep those in mind and have tips that they can really put into practice to to help themselves in that regard. Our workplace, as we go by, or as time passes and, and, and the society around us change, changes, Caroline, are, are bosses getting it that, you know, you, you, you do need to be mindful of the fact that Mary has a whole lot going on as well as her nine to five job? I think one of the big things now is in our society, there's not just the need to, for example, some people will say, well, my boss is very understanding. And people say, geez, aren't you very lucky? Mine isn't. There's a lot of like legislative frameworks and the culture of the company is a lot to do with it as well. So if you have a culture in the company that says, you know, we're very positively disposed at, you know, supporting people's work-life balance, well, then the expectation is that's the culture and that all managers are helping in that regard. So if they're not, obviously that's going against the culture. But the backdrop then underpinning that is also that we have a lot more legislative obligations to support people. So, for example, on Monday of this week, the new domestic violence five days paid leave came in. So that's a really good example of, you know, a very practical support, because let's be honest, it's a lot more people. It's one in four women in Ireland that experience domestic violence. It's much more, um, you know, women that experience it. So in case the listeners are wondering, why have we zoned in on the numbers associated with women? That's what the research tells us. But obviously anybody can suffer from domestic violence. But the good thing about there being a statutory leave now is it opens the conversation more easily, hopefully, for employees to be able to ask for the supports that they need at work. Because... Mm. On average, people stay 15 years in a relationship suffering from and experiencing domestic violence. So they're an employee for a very long time in that journey. So that's one example of how employers can support, obviously, family leave, medical leave. Mm. Um, You know, there's a lot more flexibility and there's legislation already in place and there's more due to be enacted shortly. Yeah, yeah. is there more needed, though, to address the stresses? I mean, you hear a lot of doctors now prescribing SSRIs, antidepressants and HRT to women just to get them through the stresses of, of everyday life. Like, surely tablets aren't the answer. I suppose, I think, you know, if a medical practitioner feels the person could benefit from whatever medical intervention that is, I always think they're the expert and it's it's really important to kind of follow their advice. And, you know, you mentioned menopause, you know, HRT, etc. Like there's definitely a lot more awareness. So we provide training, for example, on menopause and have done for a long time. The take up of that training has increased dramatically because now managers and colleagues want to know how am I going to have this conversation 
you know, professionally with the person rather than put my feet in it. Do you follow? Mm. Whereas before people just didn't have the conversations and people were suffering from brain fog and, you know, hot flushes and all the other symptoms with in silence and they were still suffering them. The good thing now is in most organisations, there's a menopause policy there's support for the people who are experiencing the challenges and there's a lot more comfortable open door policy. We have a long way to go. I mean, Mm. it's not that it's easy for somebody to have those conversations, but it's a positive that we're moving in that direction. If you have a female boss or a male boss, is there a difference? Do women get it more about other women or can they be tougher? I I think it's really down to the individual I think um, a lot of managers, they've never got proper training. And for me, I always think that's one of the biggest challenges, Mm -hmm. because if you're a manager and you've never got training, so let's pick domestic violence now. So if if you had an employee who came to you to say they're experiencing domestic violence and you've never received training, you're likely to say and do the wrong thing because you, you don't know better. So I always think the starting point is to train managers and colleagues on and give them more information and the tips and skills how to handle these situations. Because if they have that knowledge and skill, the chances of them managing it correctly have just increased dramatically. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think, you know, we have to try in as much practical ways as we can to say, well, look, if we're serious about supporting women, for example, then let's do menopause training. If we are serious about supporting people with domestic violence, especially when the number, the percentage is so high, then let's do proactive training in relation to that, because it doesn't just educate people. It sets a really good tone of psychological Mm. safety where people feel that they can come and have those conversations then as well. Is it too, Caroline, that we lose great women out of the workforce because the juggle just gets too much for them? I think we are seeing that a lot of people are uh, making choices. I think one of the positives, though, is that that now there's so much more flexibility that, you know, and there's options to request remote working, etc. You know, in most policies, and it's coming into law later this year, we're just waiting on the code of practice for it. But those kind of things, I think, have really helped because people, you know, because we have a full labour market as well, people are suiting people's flexibility Mm. rather than saying it's a one-size-fits-all. I was looking at another survey a few weeks ago there, Caroline, about how to cut across, you know, another survey a few weeks ago where women who are looking for a new job or considering a changing career, the the balance, the even the hybridity of the work is almost as important, if not more important, than the salary. It completely is because ultimately if it doesn't work in line with your lifestyle and what makes it easy for you, it's going to, it's not going to be something that is sustainable in the long run. And that's why I suppose we're seeing now that employers are very, very focused on if you're not going to offer flexibility, if you're not going to offer hybrid or, you know, in comparable jobs. Obviously, we know there's certain jobs that that doesn't work. Of course. It just doesn't work. But if you could, you should. That it does. Absolutely, because if you don't, the person is likely to leave and go somewhere else that they're going to get that level of flexibility. So it's not in your interest, you know, so as a consequence of that, 
those are the kind of things that, you know, deter people, I suppose, in that progression, you know. Okay. And also, in a full labour market, that's where you lose talent. Yeah. Uh, the message has come in from Emma while we were talking, uh, Caroline, and uh, it's a WhatsApp message, and I'd just like to take your your thoughts on it. It's one I'm going to open to the floor anyway once, once, once I'm done talking to you. But she said, PJ, men are getting better but they really need to be more aware of the amount of work that falls on women's shoulders. Some men are fantastic, but others still think the housework, the kids, the groceries are all the woman's job, even though she might be working full-time too. Men need to look at the women in their lives and see if they're struggling. Cork men listening to this show today think about the work and the mental load that your wife or partner has. Is there anything you can do to alleviate that load? Can you collect the kids? Do the laundry, unload the effing dishwasher, make the dinner. If so, will you do it? Your wife could be suffering in silence, says Emma. Well, fair play to Emma. And I suppose the only add-on I would say is in some households, the balance has shifted the other way. You know, there's definitely a lot more men choosing to stay at home. There's a lot more men who do take a lot of the heavy lifting for whatever reason. So I think to balance Emma's really good um, call to the nation of Cork, which is fabulous, I think it's a case of saying whoever your partner is, think about that piece of, you know, um, how can I help? And the other thing is Brené Brown has this fabulous um, podcast, TED Talk, and she talks about checking in on your partner's energy level. And she says that, you know, you should check in and say, well, what are you at today? And if the person's like, look, I'm at 60 percent, then you know, OK, I need to take a little bit more here. You know, obviously that can't be imbalanced on a regular basis because that's defeating the purpose. But that the two parties, particularly two parties when they're busy and working, etc., that that piece of checking in, because one of the most important things, whether it's work colleagues, whether it's manager, employee or it's relationships in general, we all know communication is key. Okay. Caroline, we leave it there for today. Thank you as always. Caroline Weedy from the HR Suite. They've opened an office in Cork now uh, with the past few months, uh, but you can you can look at it. And good, good luck with the, with, with the office, uh, Caroline. You're absolutely. Thanks a million and appreciate the support. Delight in Cork and a more personal as well. Thank Great. you. Cheers. And you can look them up. HR Suite. 0818 96 96 That's a message that's kind of got me thinking. Uh, th- that's a conversation starter. It's, uh, certainly Emma's, Emma's message there. Um, we'll read it again. But the housework division and the things that get done and the kids and the cleaning and the washing and the iron and the dishwasher and uh, this and that and t'other and, you know, whatever you have in yourself or not, the case may be. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. So true, PJ. A woman's work is never done. The stress of trying to do homework and housework and dinner all at the same time is impossible. I feel like I'm being a part-time parent by the end of it. I'll come back to that. Ashling was on from Glenmire. Ashling in Copper Valley View. Glenmire Christmas Market is on Sunday, this Sunday, 11 to 5 in St. Joseph's Church Hall. There's stationery and jewellery and candles and skin care and other stalls galore. Charity raffle on the day and that is in aid of the Copper Valley View Fund. Uh, further details available on Facebook. You'll remember I spoke to Ashling the other day and at the month's anniversary of Storm Babbitt and indeed after Storm Babbitt she gave that extraordinary interview uh, to Gareth while, while I wasn't here 
of what they're going through down there and they're trying to build some kind of a barrier to keep the next flood because there will be another one from getting into the park and they need money to do it and it's events like that on Sunday events like that on Sunday are what's helping them to raise the money to uh, save the houses and the householders of Copper Valley View from any other agony at least this year 0818 96 96 96. Catherine says, go on, go on, go on. I dare you. Give old Dominic a donkey a full blast. You see, the problem with that, Catherine, is if I play Dominic, I'll never be allowed to play this coming up to Christmas. And we all know we have to play that coming up to Christmas. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Yeah, Kate says on parents and work and balance and life and all of that, a lot of the pressure about parenting comes from families trying to outdo one another. And involving the kids in all sorts of activities like sports or music or dancing or chess or whatever. You know what, Kate? I have to say I kind of agree with you. Um, When I look around at my friends who have younger kids and I think how overcommitted they are at the weekends that they don't have. And it is, to be fair, it's mom does an awful lot of the driving at the weekends. Dad maybe does a fair bit too. But and if one of them has to work Saturday or Sunday, the whole house is banjaxed because they're over they're over committed. I often wonder, like, are you oversubscribed between dancing and ga and soccer and rugby and and marching bands or whatever you happen to be doing? Are are we oversubscribing ourselves at the weekend to extracurricular activities with the kids? Which is another discussion that you could go down the road. But I want to come back to Emma's email that she sent us or WhatsApp that she sent us when I was talking to Caroline from the the HR suite just about the division of labour maybe we brought it out a small bit um, PJ says Emma men are getting better but they really need to be more aware of the amount of work that falls on us women's shoulders now some men are fantastic but there are others who still think the housework, the kids, the groceries, etc., etc., is the woman's job, even though she might be working full-time too. Men need to look at the women in their lives and see, are they struggling? Cork men, listening to your show today, think about the work and the mental load that your wife or partner has. Is there anything you can do to alleviate that mental load for her? Can you collect the kids? Can you do the laundry? Can you unload the dishwasher? Can you make the dinner? If so, do it, for goodness sake. Your wife could be just suffering in silence, says Emma. Uh, How is the division of labour in your house? I I will freely admit that when I got married, and God, that's nearly 30 years ago now, but I can freely admit that when I got married, and it wasn't my mother's fault, it wasn't my dad's fault, it was my fault. When I got married, my poor wife married a man who could barely boil an egg. Really like I hadn't a notion what I was doing with myself. Um, and, and, and when I think back now, I'm, so, I'm ashamed of that because I was pure useless. Useless. I think I'm probably a bit better now. Um, but there's a point that Emma's making. What is the division of labour like? Uh, the dishwasher. Whose job is the dishwasher? 
I would say whoever happens to be standing next to it at the time that it needs filling or turning on, or who happens to be there when it ends its cycle, which at night time is invariably me in my house, or or who who puts the kids to bed, to who happens to be free, um, who you know it's <laughs> maybe I'm all wrong, maybe I'm. Does there need to be a right? I don't think we should ever go down the American, you know, this kind of real American Kardashianization crack of putting a list on the fridge door. That's dad's work. That's mom's work. No, 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 no. Cork's 96FM wants to fill your Christmas with fun and play. The 10K Toy Giveaway is on. We're giving away loads of 500 euro toy shopping sprees for free. Free. Listen to Cork's 96FM all day long. For your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win. No Christmas. I love Christmas. Merry Christmas. Cork's 96FM's 10K Toy Giveaway. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Listen and win every day. Only on Cork's 96FM. The password you will need if you're going to go through to the draw. You'll need it after 11 when we play the game. Today's password is mistletoe. You will need mistletoe. That is today's password for the 10K toy giveaway on Cork's 96FM. I've spoken, as you know, in the past more than once to Tracy Tully. Um, about the tragic death of her boy uh, Kevin Sheedy, who was uh, Kevin Sheedy, who was murdered uh, a number of years ago, um, and we've talked about the murder of Kevin. Um, he died after a man called Logan Jackson repeatedly ran over him in a four by four jeep uh, one night in Limerick in uh, twenty nineteen, the first of July, twenty nineteen. And Jackson was subsequently jailed for life. And he has now been transferred back to his native UK against the wishes of Tracy Tully. And we've talked about how she fought against that and how she felt it was very unfair that Logan Jackson would be able to get transferred out of Ireland to serve his sentence back in the UK. She feels it's unfair. She feels it's unjust. Um, And his request for a transfer, he logged his request for a transfer very, very early into his sentence. And Tracy has been speaking out again now, following the murder of Ashley Murphy and the jailing of Joseph Pushka. As you know, Pushka jailed there a couple of weeks back for the jail for life for the murder of Ashley on January 12th, 2022. And Tracy has expressed the fear now that Joseph Pushka might apply uh, to be uh, repatriated to his uh, to his native land, as it were. Tracy, your fear is, your fear is, isn't it, that Pushka will do exactly the same as what Logan Jackson did, isn't it? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, why, I can't understand why he wouldn't. I just, like I said, I feel like um, they've opened the floodgates. It's a free-for-all now, like... You know, and the decision was made without even considering the family. We weren't a second thought, even. It was just brought to us after a horrendous trial. Remind us again, eight weeks after 
Jackson was, was eight jailed. weeks after the decision was actually made. By the time I got the news, the decision was made. It was there was nothing we could do. Mm-hmm. He would have applied for it um, literally after the trial. Have you found out yet how early into his sentence Jackson applied? A reporter found that out for me, and it was a reporter that had to find that out for me. Um, I think it was like three weeks. Into his sentence. Not 100% sure, yeah. But it was very soon after the trial. Like, yeah. re-traumatises you. And I feel very, I felt very let down by our own government. Like, like we, like I brought my son up, as I've said before, a fine young man, very humble. I brought him up to abide by the law. We were very, very respectful. My whole entire family were very respectful at, for, in the courts, but we weren't given the same respect back. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my heart breaks for anyone. I hope if, if, if anything that our fight might stop this from happening to another family. Mm-hmm. Your fear now is that, and this is a fear for Ashling's family. Your fear is that Pushka might apply mm-hmm. and be successful in being repatriated. Of course, yeah. Like, I have no idea where that man is even now. I have no idea where the man that murdered my son is. I have now to figure it out myself and very little correspondence from England. I don't know where he is. It's the same fear for Ashling's family. Like, I hope this... I hope there is a stop to this. It's just a big decision for one person to make. Let's just turn that to Ashling's family. And we saw how devastated they were. Their victim impact statements were, were just so upsetting, as, as yours were in, in your time. Mm. But just like Logan Jackson applied very early into his sentence to be repatriated, mm. there doesn't seem to be anything in law to stop Joseph Pushka doing the same. And I think you're calling, Tracy, on the government not to mm. let this happen. I'm, I, I'm, I'm pleading with the government not to let it happen because it's horrendous. We were put through a horrendous trial and then this is horrendous because it's, we, we're, I'm still following this up. I, I'm only one person. Like I, like I know that this was, this was bigger than me. And the same thing could happen again. And it's, it's, it's so unfair. I have no words, really. You feel an application like this should be made only by a panel of judges or indeed by a by a court, not by the minister's office? Not by the minister's office, because like this man pleaded not guilty, showed absolutely no remorse in the court. And within three weeks, he was allowed back to his own country. Mm-hmm. That's that's. And COVID was, COVID was his friend. He wore a mask through the whole trial, so he showed no remorse, kept his head down. It was absolutely horrible. That was Jackson. As you say to me, and it's obvious from you, Tracy, and we've talked a few times now, you're still going mm. through this. Oh, I'm still going through it. And there's so many different stages to grief. You know, and apathy is one of them. Mm. And you have no enthusiasm. You, my life my life was turned upside down. And our own government didn't put nails into my coffin. That's how I feel. There's a thing, and a person might ask this question, Tracy. Look, he's in jail. It's unlikely he'll get out of jail anytime soon, whether it's here or in the UK. Why has the repatriation made the hurt worse? That's that's the question that people will ask. 
because it um, brought us back to trauma, re-traumatised because we weren't expecting it. And we were told that he would do at least 10 years in this country. Mm-hmm. Even if he had done another few years in this country, just let get our heads around the idea mm. You know, and I knew I was never going to get to keep him here, but I really did feel that it was very important to let the public know, mm-hmm. you know. And your hope now is, Tracy, that the, the Murphy family or indeed any other family should not have to go through what you went through and are still going through. Yeah, I'm hoping they won't have to. I really am. I'm, I'm hoping our fight might have saved them that at least, you know, and then at least Kevin's fight wouldn't have been all for nothing. You know, it might save another family, you know, from going through this because there are talks about it going up against five judges. Yeah. You know, and that law being changed and it should be. It mm. really, really should be. This would be the law that allows and a person to apply. Like there should be, you believe, don't you, there should be a minimum term like of, of a certain number of years oh, yeah. before you can apply. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know he's in prison and I know he's still in another prison, but it's our own government and the way they handled it. And it was absolutely, yeah. it was a circus made out of it, like to be yeah. quite honest. Yeah. And, and Tracy, clearly you're still hurting from it and I can hear it in, in oh, your I voice. Am. And, mm. and I, I think it's fair of me to say that even the thought that Ashling's family might, be go, might, be, might go through the same as you're going through, that's making it worse for you too. Oh, it is, yeah. It definitely is because, like I said, Kevin went out with his pals for a Limerick match. Ashley went for a jog. Like, there's no... Do you know, and these people can come in and they're murdering our children and to be just, okay, you can go. Tracy, I wish you well yeah. and uh, have a good day. I appreciate you chatting to you again and um, thank you, PJ. Cheers, cheers. And Tracy, uh, Tracy has, she told me <clears throat> this about this time last year when we spoke first, she was telling me she has Cork connections. Uh, so anyone who knows is connected to Tracy in Cork, uh, we're thinking of her today. 0818969696. Now, two things that are on all of our minds at the moment are the homeless situation and the poverty of people in homelessness and the work, the constant, wonderful work, the warrior work of Katrina Toomey and the people at Penny Dinners, but we're also very conscious, because it's in the news and we can't get away from it, the situation in Gaza. Could we possibly combine the two? Is there a thing we could do to combine the two or at least help in some small way? Dunnock, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning, PJ, to you and your listeners. Yes, um, uh, thanks very much. Yes, I was um, watching, uh, just saw on social media over the weekend, that is Cafe on George's Key in Cork had offered to give away the, the profits for the day or the, the earnings actually for the day mm-hmm. uh, by, uh, through their food in a new cafe which is just extended as well so I was just in there for the first time yesterday it's amazing mm-hmm. amazing cafe lovely, lovely good healthy food and, um, and I just thought of uh, wow um, couldn't we combine wouldn't that be good no, how about we give the money so I said like I want to give money to Gaza but I want to make sure it's going to the right places you mm-hmm. know in Gaza and I, I saw it from your social media feed and then I have a, a mutual friend then here in Clannacilty and she's helping a family in Gaza and he said the borders had opened up again we know we can get this food in as well so I thought brilliant why don't we give the money make a donation to this restaurant a cafe um, why don't that cafe, this cafe is cafe why don't we give the, give the food directly to Cork Penny Dinners and it's a, a double whammy so it's a win-win um, so I came up with the idea and I contacted, reached out to Katrina Toomey um, on the phone and my god she's always available and you could hear she's just working all go I even rang her on the weekend she said yeah mm-hmm. 
still at it all go and she was explaining they get up at half, half six in the morning they're in there cooking mm-hmm. and uh, they're cooking all day and they finish up in the evening and they're doing things like uh, they're catering for uh, vegetarians and gluten free and vegan and doing wraps and a myriad of food and uh, we were just talking and I said you know I was saying you know people are a lot of criticism a lot of fear out there in the media and stuff like that and in general and um, you know people say well what can we do and look after all well here's a solution there now if you want to help Gomez and Cork and you want to say giving out you can do something about it now right so you can go into his cafe in mm-hmm. Cork and George's Key uh, you can spend some good money enjoy some good food and uh, that money, some of that money will go directly to uh, helping uh, homeless people in Cork and people are not just homeless people who people on the fringes are need that leg up people who have been just stuck they're like you and I normal mm-hmm. people not just a bad run of luck in terms of you know financially whatever like an illness breaking your leg something like that family yeah. illness dead in the family dispossessed Whatever it is, okay, fifteen hundred people they're they're feeding every day. Yeah, in Cork, fifteen hundred people every day in Cork. And Katrina, you know what Katrina was telling me was very interesting she, as well. She said, she, uh, she said most people don't know this. She said, she said but we've a massive amount of uh, uh, foreign immigrants in there volunteering every yeah. day. She actually said, I was speaking to her yesterday as well. And she said, she's like the UN there. Everyone's <laughs> first name terms. That's right. We're all learning bits. We're all learning That's bits right. about each other. That's right. We're learning how to cook and different food and everything. You know. And isn't it funny, Donick, that when you go into penny dinners and you meet all these people, there's no division. None of the divisions that tear our world apart in various parts of it, they don't exist in penny dinners. And when we, like, and there's a food a great level when we all get together. Because, I mean, look, that's what it's all about. Food, warmth, and, and safety, you know. And sort of all, sort of all this, the distraction that's going on as well, you know. And fueling the haze, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the idea would be that you go into his cafe. Yeah. Support is and his business. And at the same time, you're supporting the penny dinner. So yeah, because I, I I said to, so I, I spoke to him, I said look I'm not going to tell you you can work out the logistics yourself right I mean it might work out they might bring over like so they might supply it say so what are they going to talk to the chef today what's the easiest thing to do do you know what we suit today why don't you do the soup and do a number of wraps or whatever it is hundred euros let's say go in hundred euros cash whatever like that or what you know somebody makes a small donation right mm-hmm. they can bring that they can bring that they're going to bring that equivalent in terms of monetary value in food over the car penny dinners and. It, in fact, I know that it is told me yesterday that they, they often, if they have food left over at the end of the day, they actually distribute them themselves to homeless people in Cork. They'll actually go out around the Keys, the yeah, immediate area, yeah, yeah. and they actually give food. And I know because I've worked there myself on the street in, in the evening doing shutdowns at work in my, in my business. And I've seen, I mean, loads of homeless people going up and down there, talking to people. Yeah. And young people, very sad, but very sad, like, you know, Desperate young, young couples and everything, living in tents. Like mm. this time of the year, mm-hmm. huddling together, like just trying to keep warm. I mean, it's it's just crazy in this day and age. It's crazy and plenty of so, room, as the Cork Simon told us a couple of weeks ago. Having looked at the census figures, Dunlop, plenty of room if we could only get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, look. We I've, we spoke before, and no, 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 similar to this, like, but like we have to support. We have to support. Like, if you can bring somebody back, if you can bring somebody back from the age, if you can support any child, any any person who's pushed out from society, it's much better to bring them back into society, give them a leg up, because we're all, then we're all creating people who contribute back in, into the system in whatever shape or form, mm-hmm. you know? No matter, no, no matter what it is. But if we're going to keep in, ignoring it, everybody, we're actually only setting up more problems for ourselves. And we just have to realize that this is, like, when you help your neighbor, you're helping yourself, you know? 
mm. and then let the tide raise all boats and that let, let people be left behind and it's only creating division and all the rest of it. What, what does it come, occur to me from yeah. what you're saying here is mm-hmm. there is this sense of helplessness, isn't there? Not even, there is about the homelessness situation here in our own doorstep, but there's an awful <clears throat> sense of helplessness to do with Gaza. We look at um, it, yes, it, it upsets yeah, us terribly, yeah. we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Here's an opportunity yeah. to, to do something. Oh yeah, um... 100%. Now, I just would say on that, I mean, somebody said that to me last night, and even my mother as well, like, for a bowl of soup, my, my good old mum last night. Big shout out, mum, I love you. If you're out there listening to me. Um, uh, that, uh, I was about to get distracted there, and I was talking about that there. Now. Um, but she said, like, well, how is that going to do? Like, and I told somebody last night, when, when Nelson Mandela was in Robben Island, right, he was interned in Robben, in Robben Island, he, he heard that the Dunstores girls were striking in Ireland. Correct. To hear it, he heard about it, and it lifted his spirits. And the ANC heard about it, and it was publicised. And like it all, it all added to the momentum and the movements. And you talk about it. There's a death. There's nefarious forces out there, and all the hatred is growing every day, right? And they use death by a thousand cuts, cuts. You know. So this is the opposite, right? The opposite of death by a thousand cuts. Something's there's wrong. movements happening all, all around the country. Um, there's a vigil there being held every Saturday in Clonakilty in Tiger National Square at five o'clock. It's only half an hour, a few candles, and we're giving relevant information on the day, a few songs and poetries, and positivity. It's happening in Skibbereen, it's happening in Bandon, it's happening, it's happening in, in, uh, all, around, all around the country, it's happening in Derry, it's happening in Belfast. <laughs> and the world, the, uh, the Israeli uh, government and the Israeli uh, ambassadors, they're very closely, they're scrutinising Ireland. Do you notice that? Have you noticed that? I have done very much. I've noticed that. Yeah, and it so so don't, what yeah, you're saying, Dunnock, is don't don't think that your gesture yeah. means nothing to anybody. It it, it it gets noticed. Stuff we do gets noticed. It's a, it's a pause for thought. Thank you. I leave it there for no reason other than time. But he's a big fan of Is Cafe, as anybody should be. Wonderful place and great supporter of Penny Dinners. And the two are to get together to help one another. Uh, is Cafe to help Penny Dinners in the run-up to Christmas. And Katrina always says the more help she can get every ounce of it she can use thanks Donald it's a cool idea uh, and let us know about those events that are taking place in West Cork those solidarity gatherings let us know and we'll publicise them as they're happening 0818 96, 96, 96. join the conversation this is the opinion line with hidden hearing changing lives with the latest hearing health technology they're all ears visit hiddenhearing.ie Cork's 96 FM the minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 9696 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. A few weeks. Be wary that the traffic wardens are not going to go off duty uh, at half six some evenings. They're going to stay on. Own English has a piece in the examiner saying that the council has approved additional enforcement. I love that word. Additional enforcement in the run up to Christmas. Normally, your traffic wardens are out from half eight to half six Monday to Saturday. Occasionally, they'd be in for extra hours for special events. Now, it'll be extended in the run-up to Christmas 
till half past eight in the evening, Monday to Saturday, and they will be around on Sunday too. So just be wary of it. The city, we currently have 18 traffic wardens, two supervisors and one parking enforcement manager. And to be fair, look, we all fall foul of them from time to time. Most of the ones I've met around here anyway, they're decent skins. Uh, and and you run into the car and you go, oh God, the disc is out or I haven't done my thing on the app. Hold on a second, I'm here. And you'll get a break off in the odd time, to be fair. To be fair, you will. Um, but they're going to be stricter in the run-up to um, in the run-up to Christmas. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That news in the Examiner. On listening back to Tracy Tully and Joseph Pushka and her fear that Joseph Pushka will do exactly what the lad who killed Tracy's son did. He got himself repatriated to the UK. Logan Jackson after killing her boy Kevin got himself repatriated and she's devastated by it and she's talked to us about it many times and she's afraid afraid of her life for the Murphy family that Joseph Pushka will do exactly the same John was on to say the Irish do-gooder culture has a lot to do with this repatriation business Pushka was told by the judge that when his sentence was up he'd be deported what kind of nonsense is that we know from experience that doesn't seem to be a mechanism in my own opinion these kind of heinous crimes should be punished with the rope. But besides that, even listening to Tracy, it's a reminder that even when society is repulsed by an appalling, vicious murder, there are still people in the woodwork waiting to emerge to give the killer a helping hand. And John, that's an excellent point. That's a superb point. When something does, somebody does something as vicious at what Joseph Pushka did, and when somebody does something as vicious... That's what Logan Jackson did. Why is there always some do-gooder, some brown rice and sandals muppet there to stand up for them? John, that's a great point. That is a great point. 0818969696. Did I just use the expression brown rice and sandals muppet? I did. I stand over it too. Now, Eddie... Is this happening today? Good morning. Jump at the lock. It's, a, it's happening, PJ. How the hell are you? Very well. Where is it happening yeah. and what's going on? Tell people. Um, they're actually, there's students queuing up to get in. This is their, their annual Christmas jumper day. Oh, is it on today? And it's on today. It's on since, they're queued up since 7 o'clock this morning right. to get into pubs. No, right. a lot of it has changed that they're uh, ticket only affairs. A lot of the pubs in the area, there's no queues outside them. Right. But where they are queues, they're, they're long and lengthy. And they're, you see, they're drinking like fishes. They're, they have coffee cups, but it's not coffee inside the I cups. I know, I know. This, is, oh, this, is, this is Christmas Day. It's always on a Thursday. And I'd forgotten it was today. It's I thought it was next Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. 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 And you can smell the drink when you're passing them. And you see, that's grand. They're drinking, but they're in a queue then. And what do they need? They need a toilet. And yes, yes. Where are they going in the toilet? The grounds of the local church. Up by the lock. The lock church, yeah. And that's grand, but there's a ten o'clock there was a ten o'clock mass there this morning. Right. So you'll have the all the elderly people of the area coming out witnessing that because they are they're urinating in numbers. They're coming out of the queue in 
in bulk mm-hmm. and going in there and urinating and there's there's all different spots you can actually see them. You do, I mean, you don't have to be Colombo to know what's happening. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, and look, they're queuing up to get into the pub and it's been happening for years and the majority of them are well-behaved and doing no harm to anybody. So we have yeah. to make that point. But they're there in the queue and like you said, that isn't coffee. Or if it is, it's, it's we- or if it is, it's well fortified. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, so and mother I mean, mother nature can 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 call you quite quickly in a situation, and, yeah, and a cold and, day too. Yeah. And you know what? I know what to say. I was often cut out, but I wouldn't drink like a fish, and knowing that I can't get to a toilet. Do you know what I mean? I know. Yeah, but you see what? There's the thing, Eddie. What are they? Eighteen, nineteen. With, you don't have that yeah. sense when you're that age, you know? Yeah, oh, I know that. But I mean, I'm over 60 now, PJ. And my motto is, never pass a toilet and never trust a fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie. Eddie, you should put that on a mug or a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I brought you by the hand around years ago, PJ, and showed you what was going on. I don't know, was it Freshers Week or Rag Week was one of them. Oh, and I, I do remember pick, that, yeah. Yeah. I had to pick your tongue up off the ground, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you were goggle-eyed. You, I, were, you were said to me, how do they not feel cold with what they're not oh, wearing? Oh, it's true. Oh, my goodness me, you're right. <laughs> you're right, yeah. yeah, they're, and yeah. Like, I mean, it is lovely out there, but it, yeah. it ain't Tenerife. And, I and, tell you what, <laughs> no, we were stopped in the car at the traffic lights there by Mox Pope. Yeah. And they're queuing there. And you could actually see, I could nearly touch their goosebumps on their legs. They had <laughs> many... They were, they were just below the tonsil, i said. <laughs> and of course, you see, when you're having very fortified coffee and you have yeah. nothing on you and it's yeah. cold, well... yeah. Kidneys tend to work faster and bladders tend a to fill faster. faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be asking them, look, they're, they're going to have a good time. They're going to have a laugh. Most of them are just going to go home and all they'll have as a result of it is a hangover. And they do no yeah. harm to anybody, but would yeah. you just have a bit of respect for the, for, the cl- for the church grounds? Yeah, and the residents, because they, they, they love targeting bins now and breaking glass and the whole lot. To be, to be like as a city you now tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well you'd hope not. You you'd you'd hope yeah. not. And and the vast majority of them will go home and behave them. And I do remember going out, maybe not with you, um, but going out of a night time during uh, one of these weeks, during right in Rag Week or Fresher Week and going up College Road, bringing a recorder as if thinking like an Egypt anybody would talk to me. But they didn't. But what I did notice was the most of them are fine. You have a few, a and what they them, need yeah. is help. They need to be picked up, carried in, and put to bed, and told, sleep that off now before you kill yourself, before you fall into yeah. the car and kill yourself. Most of it is just harmless exuberance. And if, you, if we're honest about it, Eddie, if we're honest about it, what were we like when we were 19 or 20? Or, yes, that's understandable. I know what I was like, and you know. I had to be put to bed a lot of times myself. Exactly. And to... And, and a lot of the times I ended up in the wrong bed and it was a flower bed. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you didn't have that too. I listen, I look, yeah, Eddie, Eddie, I Eddie, slept Eddie, under Eddie, the stairs I, a couple I, of times. I woke up, I was in school, I was in college, I was in college and we had a pal whose sister lived in Black Rock and she was away on holidays and the butty 
had her door key and I woke up in her cabbage patch. So, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, at least it was the summertime and I had my clothes on, but for goodness sake, yeah, so it happened. Eddie, look, yeah, we just call on people. If you're out today, if you're going out for the few scoops for Christmas Day or whatever they call it, just just be... You think, though, that in the knowledge, and this is a good point, you think in the knowledge that this is going to happen, maybe there should be more toilets provided, maybe even some temporary toilets provided. Even a couple of portaloos around the area. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't go to waste. And yeah. You'd find, would, um, what, what, find us, a, like, you just take Marks as an example. Where would you put one outside Marks? Yeah, but you could put one in those areas of Bandon Road there, on the way up to City Youngs. That it's true. Yeah, down there by the, you know? near the Credit Union, there's a big plaza there in front, isn't there? There is, yeah. yeah. you could put them there. You could put them there if, if the business has got together. Then the problem is, you see, the business, it all adds one thing, as the business is then to be accused of encouraging it. Not encouraging it, just accepting, just accepting that it happens. Eddie, listen, good call. Thank you for it. Um, can I have, that, can I have that again? You, 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 you're at the age now where you never pass a toilet and you never trust a fart. Never trust a fast yet. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, my friend. 0818-96-96-96. And look, it is Christmas Day for the kids, for the students. And I used to be cranky about that kind of thing. Um, but you learn over the years to maybe think again. Um, most of the kids that are out today will do no harm to God nor man. The only harm they're doing is to themselves. And most of them will go out and they'll have their drink and they'll make complete idiots of themselves with the drink in them and they'll go home and they'll sleep it off and the worst thing they'll have tomorrow is a hangover. The vast, vast majority of them. Now, if there are troublemakers out there and they make trouble and we will report about that tomorrow, but for the most part, everything will be fine. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I love that. I do love that. I do love that, Eddie says he's old enough now to never pass a toilet and never trust a fart. And there is a, oh, there is a mug already. I love it. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. They can call me. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Fully electric, fully connected, and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. If you heard Mary earlier on, prepay power. We will podcast this afterwards. Bit of a glitch on the app. Mary got the fright of her life yesterday thinking she owed prepay power over 500 quid. She didn't. She didn't. And when she rang them, they told her that she didn't. It was just a glitch. But she was letting us know in case anybody would be caught by it and frightened the life out of them. We did get a couple of other calls from people who experienced something similar Gladly, it would appear to have been sorted. Mary was back onto it, and her balance is back up, and it's positive, and she's got plenty of money in her account now, 
which is great. So that glitch is sorted. She says, thanks to the power of 96FM. It's nice to know we have uh, some level of power in the community. Cheers, Mary, and to everybody else who pointed up to us that that is that did happen, that glitch with prepaid power. On a woman's work never being done um, and the, the juggle and the message we got from Emma about just, you know, keep an eye on the woman in your house, your partner, your wife, whatever. Just see, is she dealing with everything um, and how she is? Uh, to check ourselves, as it were, the men of Cork, and we appreciate that. Um, but then this came in, um, one of my days last week, PJ, I got up and made, there's no, this isn't signed, I got up and I made breakfast, lunch, did the school run, baked for the cafe and baked for the market, did more work, had lunch, collected my bakery ingredients, went to the post office, collected my child from school, made food, did homework, took down the Christmas decorations from the attic, put up the tree, made the dinner, put away my delivery. At nine o'clock, I was waiting on her uniform to dry as I'd forgotten to wash it. Hobby went to work and came home. Not signed. That was a long day. That was a very, very long day. I'm going to throw something into the mix here, though, for a second, all right? With regard to helping the person you share the house with. There's a thing that I've always said about being a husband or being a partner. Now, you can agree with me or you can disagree with me all day long, but I'm still going to make this point. We don't have the same sense of stuff to do. But tell us what's to be done. If there's something you want done, do you want a bit of washing done? Do you want do you want the floor mopped? Because we have different standards. We'll mop a floor when we see stuff to mop. Not because, oh, it's time to mop the floor. We're different. If you want something done, tell us. If you need something, tell us. You know? I know we need to eat and we need to put on our dinner. Of course we do. But tell us. If there's something you specifically want us to do, tell us. Okay? I know I always get in trouble for that at home. I do, like, I do. I will walk past a pile of washing in my bedroom. I will walk past the washing for three or four mornings. And then I think, oh, just better take that out. It's just me. Anyway. Oh, 0818-96-96-96 The Division of Labour in the Houses of Cork Geraldine Geraldine, you're looking for someone You're looking for someone who found your phone the other night Just as you realised that you'd lost it And you're looking to find that person Morning Well, I didn't, didn't even know I'd lost my phone You know, I have a, a routine on a Monday night I call up to Ballyvalan because I love that shopping centre on a Monday night on my way to the Mon, the Cork Academy of Music is in that building. Yes. And I go up there for, for an hour and a half or so and we play music. And it wasn't until I came home and started emptying my bags and my music bags. Well, where, where is my phone? And the door knocked and I thought, who the hell's at my door at this time of the night like? And I opened my door and it was my friend there. And I said, Mag, I think. And she said, yeah, you lost your phone, didn't you? And I said, how do you know that? I have no pin on my phone because I kept locking myself out of my own phone. So I gave that up as a bad job. 
So when that lady found the phone, she was able to open it and see who had been on the phone to me last. So she took a chance and rang the first one and it happened to be my daughter. And and she said, look, I, I have found this phone. Do you know who owns it? And Anne said, what? That's my mom's phone, you know? Yeah. And she said, well, look, I'm up in Dunn's stores. I found it out in the car park and it was dark, PJ. So I don't know how she even saw it, you know? Somebody could even have ran over it. I was thinking, you know, I'm, you know, you don't know what could happen. But this lady, um, she said to Anne, look, I have handed it in at the information desk in Dunn's so your mom would be able to get it there. Anne couldn't ring me, of course, so she rang my friend to see had she any contact numbers for the people that I play the music with. And she didn't. So she said, look, will you watch out for her car coming home and run up and tell her the phone's up in Dunn's. So you'd been to Dunn's and you'd been to the academy and you had no idea where you yeah. could have lost it. And you were just about on the point of starting to panic when the, phone, when the doorbell rang. Yes. And then I did panic because I was thinking, who's knocking my door at this time of night? Like, <laughs> I know. You went up there for the next morning, I think, and you got the phone. I did. I did. And I did. the person had not left any information. And that's kind of why you yeah, contacted I, 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 I said to your man, he was a bit dodgy about giving me the phone, I think, for the first minute or two. Like, And I said, it is a red cover on it. And I said, the lady that handed in and rang my daughter and he said, okay, I'll go and get it for you. But I said, did she leave a contact number so that I can contact her? And he said, no. And I said, did she leave a name and address? And he said, no. He said, all I know is she was from Mayfield. Right. So if someone is listening to us this morning who picked up a mobile yes. phone in the car park of Ballyvaland Shopping Centre last Monday evening and it just opened and she rang the last number on it, and you then handed it into information. You, you, you'd just like to say thanks to her. Well, I would love to say thank you. And my plan was, when I went up, was to leave an envelope there for her, you know, that if somebody could contact her. And then today, actually today, PJ, I was thinking, maybe she would, I, I just wanted to know how grateful I am. And I, I'm doing a, a, I run a choir here in Cloyne and we're doing a fundraiser for St. Vincent de Paul. And I was going to pay it forward and put a donation in that box if she would be happy with that. If if she hears this today, that she could maybe contact you or something. Okay. okay. You know. Well, that'd be great. You'd like to say thanks thanks to her personally anyway. Oh, sure. Look, just as long as she knows that I am so grateful because all my info was in, in that phone. And you know what we're like with our phones, PJ. Oh, our, our lives are in our phones, Geraldine. It's the one thing, yeah. you're going out in the morning, my phone, you check every 10 minutes, my phone. You know, it's, yes. your, lives are, your lives are in there. Come here, that's a, a lovely, strong Belfast accent, but you didn't arrive on Cork yesterday. No, 40 years, 40 years ago, I was saying to Emer, do you think now I could be an honorary Cork person? Can I get a Cork passport? <laughs> <laughs> I love Cork, PJ. The, the first time I I loved everything about it, you know. I just I loved it, and I I always played music. I played music from I was thirteen up at home, you know. But yeah. um, when I come down here, I have got involved with so many bands around the place. I play with the Butter Exchange, and I play with Middleton and Cove, and I'm up in the Mon. I've been going up and down to that academy for years, you know. 
just got involved with a lot of stuff and then started the choir down here in our own little village and sure I'd be lost without it. What instrument do you play? I play the organ here in the church and I play violin and my my big instrument at the minute is a flute because I, I decided eight years ago, I'm going to learn to play that flute, it's gorgeous. And I joined Middleton Band and it just took off from there. I've joined every other band in court from that. You know, love it. You're looking forward to the Everyman over Christmas. Do you go to the Panto or do you just go to the sh- every show that's in there? Do you know what? We go at myself and a friend of mine. We love the Everyman. And, and we just go to everything that's on there. But you know, our all-time favourite is the Sunday Songbook. Ah. With Linda Kenny and, and Damien. And of course, the drummer that plays there conducts Cove Band sometimes, so I've got to know him very well. All right, listen, That maybe maybe that person who picked up your phone will be listening and maybe or, or pick the podcast up or someone who knows that. You know the way people, I found a phone and I rang the number on it and I gave it in. You know the way she left hold that now to somebody. Yes, that's what I was hoping that somebody would know because my friends would know I lost the phone and I've just been, I am just so grateful to that lady. I really... Like, PJ, that could have been thrown into the river or, uh, you know, and all my photos are on it and everything. And all all my dates for all the gigs coming up between now and Christmas. And I've a head like a sieve anyway, so I would I would never have remembered all those. I couldn't, I knew when I got home, I'd lost it. Yeah. You know, I didn't know until then. And like in the space of 10 minutes, my front door knocked. And I knew then definitely I did lose it. There's no point in looking anymore. But and look, anybody could have take, taken it and put a new sim in it or whatever. And that woman was so, so, so good to do that, really. I I hope, if I never hear from that woman, I hope she has a really good, good Christmas. And I'm going to pass that gesture on. There's something about that shopping centre, actually, Geraldine, because yours is the second call I've taken in a couple of weeks. Uh, things getting lost and found up there. I think a lady was on to me a week or two ago. She'd lost some cash out of her purse and some one of the staff just picked it up and held on to it for her. So there's a lot of I good people. I think I remember up. hearing that on the yeah. radio, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of good people up in that shopping centre. I, th- when I first come down here, I had three small kids. Every Thursday, religiously, somebody told me about Ballyvalan Shopping Centre and I used to go up there every Thursday. PJ, do you know that is still, all the new shopping centres, that is still my go-to place. It's a great spot with great people. I love it. It's wonderful to talk to you. And and you have a lovely Christmas. And who knows, maybe that lady will get in contact with us. And with your permission, if she does, uh, we'll put you together. I would love that. That would be great. Geraldine, you have a wonderful day. And you too. And you too. And thank you very much. More than welcome. Bye, bye, bye. More than welcome. More than welcome, Geraldine. Um, so, there's the thing now. Do you know anybody who found a phone? Or did you find a phone in the car park of the Bell of Land Shopping Centre last Monday evening? It just opened up because there was no pin on it. Uh, the lady who owned that phone would very much like to say thank you to you. She mentioned the Cork Academy Music and she's a regular up there. And it gives me an opportunity to congratulate... A man called Bob Seward, who if you have any connection with music in Cork, and particularly the Cork Academy of Music, and Bob Seward, founder and chairman. It was great to see Bob 
honoured at the Cork Business Awards last Friday night for Lifetime Achievement. Bob is still involved and still cheering and still playing music at 90. 90. So the great Bob Seward, if you know him, tell him I said hello. 0818 96 96 96. Right? 10K toy giveaway. Text or WhatsApp me now with the password and your name. Password for today and your name. 083 396 96 96. Corks 96 FM's 10K toy giveaway. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. Right. Two shopping sprees given out every day after six when Izzy makes those calls. We had one win already this week from the opinion line. Let's see if we can do another. Remember, Izzy will call two people after six this evening, but you've got to get into that draw. And that's about as much as I can guarantee for you, Gillian Curran, who is in Middleton. How are things, Gillian? Oh, good now. Good. Come here before I do that. Now, so did you get flooded? Um, house I was selling did get flooded, but where we're living didn't. Okay. So, yeah. You're, you're all right, we I were lucky. We were lucky then more side, but contract was signed the same day and the house flooded, so oh, we no. lost. <laughs> we couldn't make it. But look, we were lucky to a lot of people. It's true. It's true. You Listen, what's the, yeah. what's the password? Mistletoe. Mistletoe. Grand. There you are. You're in the draw, all right? Yeah. Now, yeah. what would be great? You have... How much, you have smallies and not so smallies. Yeah, I have um, a four-year-old, a ten-year-old, and a twenty-two-year-old. Twenty-two-year-old now wants a bit of cop on. You oh, <laughs> won't tell her that, no. <laughs> four and four and ten. Santa will be Santa will be busy. Um, yeah, yeah. Very good. And, and and after after what you've been through with the floods, I think five hundred euro shopping voucher now would go down very well in sorting centres. Very yeah, well. it wouldn't. It wouldn't last long. I, I'd say not. I'd say yeah. not. I'd say. Well, you know what, Gillian? All I can guarantee you is a place in the draw. How's that for you? That is fantastic. All right. Well, sit by cost. sit by your phone after six when Izzy's making those calls, and the very very best of luck to you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, Gillian. Gillian Corn in Middleton. Um, caught up in the floods. And as she says, all the people were a lot worse than her, but she was caught up. So let's hope. Let's hope. Let's put her forward into the draw with Izzy. She has a four-year-old, a ten-year-old, and a 22-year-old. I don't... Santa will be busy there. Simon will get another qualifier after two today. Izzy herself will have one at five. And then the draw is after six. When you hear... We're looking for you. You text or WhatsApp the password and your name. We call you back then, like we did with Gillian, and you're in the draw to win after six. Two shopping sprees given out every day. It's the 10K toy giveaway with your local credit union, helping you have a wonderful Christmas. And, of course, it's only on Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Do you know when that, that commercial comes on for the dating service <laughs> and the dogs bark in it? My dogs lose it. So they do. If they hear it on the way, they'd lose it. 0818 96 96 96. Come here, Foot Solutions with us all this week. Our friends down there on Grand Parade with a 200 euro gift card every single morning. So you can give the gift of happy, healthy feet this Christmas with a Foot Solutions 
gift card. We have songs about shoes and boots and things like that with words missing. So here is the song, Give Me the Word. Get on your dancing shoes. There's one thing on your All right, one more time. I know we didn't do it in the second hour. We ran out of time, but here we go. Get on your dancing shoes. There's one thing on your All right, what is the word left out of that song? Text the word and your name, please. 083-396-9696. And we will get to someone in the next few minutes. Now, 240 very special kids got a fabulous treat yesterday. They met Santa and the elves. This was an event organised by the Cork City Hospital Children's Club. And it happened down at Parky Cueve. It's the first time that this event has happened since COVID. Remember COVID? Remember COVID? Yeah. And uh, for 96 FM, Stephen Fox was there. I'm Fiona and I'm a staff nurse in the emergency department in Cork University Hospital. It's an ongoing tradition that the Cork City Hospital Children's Club have done for years with COVID and everything. We have had a few years that we haven't been able to do anything but it's an extremely magical event in that we cater for kids of all needs, disabilities, bring down, make them feel special, plenty of characters to meet. We have a lovely school that sings them in. We have a fantastic escort that get involved in the morning and bring them down in fire engines and ambulances and guard cars. They're met with characters, pop Patrol and Spider-Man on arrival then they're brought up and there's music and a DJ and we have clowns that play with them and we have a party room and then they obviously get to meet Santa and Mrs Claus as well as the, the final event, the main event. So it's probably been running for at least 10 years anyway so I'm probably doing it about 6 or 7 but it was definitely running before yeah. even I got yeah. involved. How do you select the kids? It totally varies. All the volunteers involved in the club are you know involved in all different agencies and it, people that might know someone, people that might refer people in and recommend people in things that we might read in media and I suppose it's just that we have a, a vast range of volunteers dotted throughout the county and everyone might refer someone it's fabulous and we're very grateful to Barky Cueve for giving us such an amazing venue today making it extra special and everyone I suppose that has helped make this day possible and everyone that has given donated big or small we couldn't do it without them all and all the volunteers so we're just very grateful My name's Keen O'Sullivan. I'm here with my wife, Nikki, and my two kids, Elaine and Alex. It's our first year coming to this. Our small fella there, Alex, he spends a bit of time in hospital between CUH and Crumlin. He has a rare bleeding disorder called Glansman thrombostenia. There's a couple of people in Ireland that have it. It's basically a clotting disorder. So their blood doesn't clot, so if they get a bleed or anything like that. So Alex spends quite a bit of time in hospital um, through nosebleeds, just random nosebleeds during the night, any time, just random. He comes on like a tap out of both nostrils pack his nose, get him into hospital where he's went through multiple platelet transfusions and red blood cell transfusions because his haemoglobin drops. Something like this when he's well is absolutely fantastic. Just shows the strength of the local community, bringing people together. The spread from, you know, being brought in this morning, seeing all the fire brigades, seeing that all these people that are here to help him aren't always bad and inflicting pain on him. So it's really refreshing to see and he gets to see the people outside in normal circumstances where he's well. Even pointed at 
the ambulance today to say, I don't want to go on that, that's for sick kids. But it was just here to show him that, you know, these people are here for his good and for the health of him. So really, really good. Puts a smile on people's face. It's November, but it really feels like Christmas when this is what Christmas is about, really. You know, it's just putting a smile on everyone else's face and just seeing the joy that what people are able to give for people and the smile that it puts on even adults' faces here today. So really, really special. And thanks to everyone for what they do and the nurses and the doctors. Everyone were just so grateful for everything that they do without them we don't know where we'd be really really good really positive and puts a shiver up your spine to see the people here today and just that nobody cares about anything only happiness today and that's what it's all about Did you want to tell me what your name is? Mia. And how's the day gone, Mia? Good. Did you meet Santi? Yes. And what did you get us, Santi? LOLs, the smaller dolls. Okay. And what's your own name? Libby. And what did you get off Santi, Libby? Nothing yet. Are you going to meet him later on? Yeah. So my name is Laura Mitchell, and I'm a teacher in Skull Clucker River in Carrick 2. And myself and another teacher, Breed Fahey, we do the choir that you can hear behind us. We've been involved with the Cork City Hospital Children's Club for a number of years. My dad used to work with John Looney, and we got involved through that contact, and we've done their Christmas. Event, we've done their Disneyland airport send off event, and it's such a special thing to be involved in. And we would do a lot of fundraising in school for the Cork City Hospital Children's Club. We've had a number of children go on their events as well, so we've really seen firsthand the special work that they do. And it's fantastic for our own boys and girls to come up as part of the choir and be a part of such a really special day. My name is Christina Sullivan and I'm a staff nurse in Puffin Ward in Cork University Hospital. Today is a very special day for the kids. It's out of hospital environment. It's friendly, it's safe. It's where every child, especially a sick child, should be. This is their special day. Everybody's story is different and it's a personal story to each one. We have four sittings over the next two days. So this morning there's 15 families from Cork University Hospital and this evening children from the Deaf Association and from different other organisations tomorrow as well. Rudy, that's given their time, the guards, the fire brigade, everybody and they've all come this morning and led us from Nemo into the city blues and twos and the kids were super excited so thanks to everybody they've made this day so special Not nice, thank you to Stephen for that Lovely to see that event starting again. I used to do it years ago in my old uh, news days. I used to go and sit for the launch of it. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful effort that they put together uh, every year. It's 240 very special children just a day away from... Yeah, they're with their doctors and nurses. But, you know, they're not sick. They're well and they're celebrating Christmas with the doctors and nurses and Santa and everybody else. And great to see. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Um, I will have a foot solutions winner for you before we finish today. Can I just wish the best of luck, my old pal uh, Mel McCarthy, of whom you'll have heard over the years, one of the musical queens of the north side, um, diva sensations, and many other projects like that over the years. Mel McCarthy, and um, we spoke to Mel during the summer when they got a great, did a fantastic day in court herself and, and her boy. Um, but Mel has gotten together. She's a wonderful singer and she put a band around her and they call themselves Fun Day Club. They're a 90s and noughties mega band and they're playing the big venues now, Reardon's and uh, the Oliver Plunkett and places like that and they just launched it in time for Christmas and I'm looking at videos. I haven't had a chance to see them yet. I will soon. But I'm looking at videos and they're full of energy and fun and excitement. And I wish Mel and the Fun Day Club 80s and 90s tribute band 
the very, very best. I think they have a really, really busy Christmas, which is great to see. There's another conversation point which we might pick up on tomorrow that I wanted to bring you today and I forgot because we got busy. Um, and it, because this is a week on now from the riots in Dublin, it all started lunchtime this time last week with that awful stabbing incident. Um, we understand, by the way, that the chap, the delivery driver, has now met the family of the little kid who was stabbed, which is nice to see. But the riots followed on from that. And the guy, the commissioner, Drew Harris, was up in the Oireachtas committee yesterday. And the words thug and scumbag have been thrown around like confetti at a wedding for the last week to describe those who took part in the riots. And I just want to play this, and I'm happy to come back to it tomorrow if you want to. Lynn Ruan. Uh, of Sinn Féin. She's a senator, isn't she? She brought up, just put this nuance on it. For as long as we called them thugs and scumbags, we'll never understand why it was that these people poured out into the streets. I just want to let you have that before we go to our winner with foot solution. We have um, communities from that are disenfranchised who are very much being then exploited um, because a particular grouping have given them a narrative for a rage or an exclusion or an isolation or a shame that they have felt in their own existence in an Ireland that has left them behind. So my concern is, I suppose, around uh, rhetoric and language when we look at trying to make sure that some of those young men who we are at risk to losing to much more organised um, bodies that you speak about, that when we use language like thugs and scumbags, that it makes it more and more difficult for youth workers, community workers, people that are trying to engage with young men to differentiate between the messages that are given. Let me come back to that tomorrow. That's just an interesting take on it. Uh, right, where are we? Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah. Ah. Shane McGowan's dead, lads. It's just come out. Shane McGowan's passed away. I only played it the other morning and I said he looked very shook. Ah, oh, lads. Shane McGowan has died. Let's make that day happy, though, for Maria. Or Marie. Hi, Marie. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Give me the word that's missing here. Hang on. Get on your dancing shoes. There's one thing on your What's the word? Mind. Shall we check it out? Get on your dancing shoes. There's one thing on your mind. There you go. That's the... I hadn't heard that song in Young, the Arctic Mur- no. uh, the Antic <laughs> Monkeys, but mind was yep. the word. You have won today's 200 euro voucher with footsolutions.ie. Give the gift of happy, healthy feet this Christmas. You were yep. saying that you really need it because you're having trouble with oh. your feet. No, 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 no. A bit of comfort is always nice, isn't it? And isn't I it? And I'll tell you, you'll get it in there in spades. I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listen, well done. You're today's winner, all right? Thanks very much. Cheers. And one more for tomorrow. And give the gift of happy, healthy feet this Christmas. The Foot Solutions gift card. Footsolutions.ie. Thank you, Marie. That is so... I'm sorry to have to be the one who brings you that news as we head out today. Um, but I have no doubt that we will hear fairy. If I had time, I would drop it on now, but I don't. But I have no doubt we'll hear fairy tale of New York uh, within hours, within minutes. Hopefully, we can get it on really, really quickly, because the news has just broken, my friends. The man behind fairy tale of New York, the great Shane McGowan.
He was only 65. He'd been sick for the last eight years. Uh, he had viral encephalitis. He was in hospital until uh, just a few days ago. And Shane's wife, Victoria, has shared a statement following his death, of which I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more. But he was loved. He was loved. I met him once here in this very building, 10 o'clock in the morning, and he was just himself, just such... I'll tell you more about that tomorrow. Such a lovely... He was a beautiful guy. He really was. He was a nutcase, but he was a beautiful guy. And uh, the great Shane McGowan has passed away at the age of 65. That's it. Programme edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All your podcasts up ASAP. We'll talk to you tomorrow, no doubt, about Shane McGowan and other things just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas with your local mace. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.